Welcome to the Harnessing Happiness podcast. Upbeat vibes generated and transferred to you. Now here's your host, Sarah J. Naylor. Hello and welcome to my podcast. This is Sarah J. Naylor with her Harnessing Happiness. But of course, you know that because you have just tuned in. So thank you for taking the time to, to listen. And I'm delighted that I have the fabulous Liz with me today and now I've just not said her surname because we we chuckle about this I've known Liz for a long time now uh, because we've both uh, trained and qualified as coaches with the same training agency and an organization called Simply Changing in Derbyshire in the UK but (laughs) I think I've got a little bit of dyslexia over how to pronounce her surname and it's not complicated it really isn't so I'm going to hand you over to the absolutely awesome Liz (laughs) introduce herself and um, pronounce her surname correctly for you over to you Liz please do introduce yourself to my wonderful listeners. I will. I'm Liz Abram. It's got five letters in it and, and, and I think it originates from Lancashire. So if you say Abram. I, I will work on that one. So do, do share more about you and yourself, Liz. Well, I was originally a Chatfield, which is really um, a Stoke slash Utoxeter West Staffordshire name. That's my original family name. Well, I'm married in Abram, so... An Abram, Abram. Tell the listeners a bit more about you and what you do, because you are awesome. Okay, let's go right back. I started off, and at school I was musical, language, chatterbox, dilly-dally, daydream, sort of light uh, the outdoors, uh, not particularly... um, sporty although I was okay at sport but what I ended up doing having done a language degree was I went into the Royal Air Force and because actually I'd always had a secret hankering for joining the services so that's what I did and I joined the Air Force as an educator because at that time back in the day which was in the late 80s with being a linguist, it seemed to lend itself to the idea of me becoming um, an education officer. So I did that. Mm-hmm. However, what I really wanted to do, really wanted to do, was um, some sort of intelligence, because I thought that's really mm-hmm. sexy. <laughs> but yes. all intelligence. Now, I discovered at the time that the um, Royal Air Force, the intelligence that they undertook at the time was something called photographic interpretation. They tested me for stereoscopic vision, which I have. Ooh, what's that? <laughs> Been able to see things in 3D. Anyway, they tested me for that and I passed all the tests with flying colours, but then they turned around and said, but there's only three places a year and they've all gone. So I wait another however long before you come in as a, you know, and do the intelligence thing or you come in as an educator. I thought, hmm. I should maybe have had more confidence to wait, but I didn't. And I went in as an educator because I wanted to get going. But actually Mm -hmm. what happened was eventually it found me and somebody approached me in the bar as as, as normal. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Good place to be approached. I talked to people and and pretty much talked to people on any level and noticed how I talked to people, I think, and um, knew that I was a linguist and said, would you like to become an interrogator and learn Serbo-Croat. Oh, I thought this sounded... <laughs> yes. I'm going to do that. So I did And I went back to the UK from Germany and I I was a founder, member, if you like, of uh, what's now known 
well, it was known then as the Defence Debriefing Team, and I think it's still around, but I, I imagine it's in slightly different guise now. But that's what I did, and I joined the Defence Debriefing Team and ostensibly to become a debriefer. Debriefing is a systematic extraction of information from a willing subject, whereas interrogation is the systematic extraction of information from an unwilling. Ah, uh, okay. It is. And there's a hardly discernible line between the two because actually when it comes to it, with people that think they want to talk to you, you can always obtain more from them than they thought that A, they knew, or B, they wanted to give. So actually the lines are fairly blurred. It's all that rapport building, isn't it? And that's something you've got in bucket loads in sort of yeah. your, that natural ability to sort of... It's just that engagement with people, isn't it? And I know that's what I found. I mean, sorry to diverse slightly, but when I've, it's all my years in recruitment, I recall sort of what being interviewing somebody and going, oh my God, my body language is copying their body language. How embarrassing. Not realising at the time, actually, that that was a perfect rapport. All that stuff happens naturally. And and that's what I'm about. With everything that I do, I keep it as natural as I can because... That is absolutely the truest way to get anything done. I'm not one for sophistication. I'm not one for over-refining. I am all about the rapport building and honest energy between people. And that is how I work. Now, actually, you might not think that coaching work has got anything to do with what my background was was before. However, um, it's got everything to do with it because actually... You might have seen me. I did the telly stuff with the um, with SAS Who Dares Wins. As a- yes, because you did quite a lot of episodes with them, didn't you? How many? In fact, how many series did you do with SAS Who Dares Wins? How many? Five. Five. Oh wow! And for anybody that's not aware of SAS Who Dares Wins, it's a Channel Four program uh, where the idea being that normal everyday people. Um, with a civilian background and not a, uh, a military background can go and put their, both their wits and their physical prowess and um, in the arena emulates what it might be like to be selected for uh, special forces. Okay, that's only over a nine-day period, but they do a pretty good job of emulating um, at least some of the activities. I mean, what it doesn't emulate is that properly you'd be in there for six months and and you'd be um, tried, tested and rinsed through on a regular basis over that period. It does look pretty brutal, though, and and your role within that was bad mummy, wasn't it? Was that the title you were given? That's kind of my moniker, but in fact... What they don't show you normally is the fact that um, actually a lot of the time to get the information and through having a relationship, a good relationship with the person that's in front of you, the person you're interrogating, your prisoner, if you like, energetically, you're giving them a load of, look, this is me, I've got you, but I'm your key out of here. So you either tell me what I'm asking Mm -hmm. or there is no way forward for you. So you are developing a, a, rela- a relationship with that person so they have to trust you and they have to um, believe you as well even though obviously it's a to- that instance it's a television program um, and whatnot but yeah um, actually because it's a fly on the wall series it's very you soon forget that the cameras are there you, you, you forget where the cameras are you forget that there are cameras and you're just doing a job and so are they um, and the way to make that um, relationship work is to make it a natural one where you're nurturing them as much as you are frightening bejesus out of them and <laughs> what you have to do 
that scenario is, is keep them discombobulated so that they don't know which way is up, but also at the same time, make them see that you've got them, I've got you, and if you stay here, I've got you, and you're okay, it's mm-hmm. gonna happen to you. So let's keep it so that that relationship works between us two. Keep looking at me, I keep looking at you. I'm giving you all of my good stuff and I want it back from you. And the moment that you stop giving me your good stuff, I'm going to get hot and heavy. And believe you me, if you watch this, she does does get hot and heavy. (laughs) But, I mean, so you're really drawing upon all of that... um that you'd learnt and you well what you'd got naturally and also what you'd, you'd learnt in the uh, in the RAF of course into those roles but you've also moved that into other work that you've done with the forces as well haven't you actually proper I say proper rather than it being a television program but oh. you're actually worked with a lot of people I did it for probably about 12 years as a resistance to inter- interrogation trainer you wouldn't necessarily think that you can transfer that skill into anywhere other than um Probably um, <laughs> working in some sort of hoodlum gang. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd be very good with a hoodlum gang, actually. To be, but the work that you've done has been brilliant because you you've worked with Safa as well, haven't you? And you do you work with the Horse Whisperer? And... I do, I do. I work with what I do. I work with Warrior Equine, um, and I work with um, Strongmen.org, uh, and also, obviously. I have my own private coaching practice and that skill of building a relationship with people in order to um, elicit information, mm-hmm. that's basically what interrogation work is. If you think about coaching, all I'm doing is rapport building to hold my client safe mm-hmm. so that not, yes. I, I'm not eliciting information this time. I am eliciting from them how they feel and, uh, and how they are computing everything that is going on to, to conspire against them or t- to confuse them and we're just making things clear and the, the, the information that comes my way I, f- I forget and disregard because in fact it's not important but what's important in the arena of coaching is how your client has computed what's happened to them and then how they want to be able to deal with things in the future and what they want to take with them going forward and so actually it is an entirely transferable skill i do try not to frighten people (laughs) (laughs) but you you the thing is though liz what I love about you and as I said and I alluded to earlier we've we've known each other now for a number of years and you know your approach is so down to earth and a lot of your work is um, walk and talk in the Peak District you take your clients out you, you're in that sort of natural state of rapport in nature I mean nothing better than being out in nature because you're relaxing you're breathing in that fresh air you're getting that exercise you're getting that movement and people are sort of then falling into that natural rapport even if it's just in that sort of step by step walking together side by side chatting and allowing it to the freedom because that's the beauty of coaching is allowing people to process verbally what's inside freeing themselves up with what what might be limiting them because they don't feel that they can process it because if they speak it verbally to family or friends people have a habit of going well I know what you ought to do this is what you ought to do let me tell you and and that's not coaching coaching is about asking not telling as we both know <laughs> and listening and spending more time actually listening and allowing that person to press because we've all got the answers from within but the role of a coach in my mind is very much that facilitation of enabling somebody to 
find those results to draw to draw them out yes you could use some wisdom and give them a few shortcuts if necessary you can switch hats and things like that but the key to it you know that's what you do in bucket loads and and you do it as a a, such a sort of a down-to-earth level and you've got some happy notes Liz which is absolutely awesome so yes I have got happy notes and I have to say that I like a lot of people do find this time of year particularly sort of Christmas as well I find Mm -hmm. it hard work because principally I think the lack of light does my Sweden <laughs> I agree with you it's 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 the heavy dark grey clouds that don't help so some of these I shall be delivering them in an upbeat fashion but I, I am well aware that people find it hard work this time of year particularly when the weather's a bit crap mm-hmm. but I think that happiness is is all about learning to be yourself developing faith in yourself not trying to be perfect and having a laugh. I totally agree with you. I think aligning yourself with your authentic true self, really accepting who you are and being that person, being true to you and, you know, not worrying about what other people have to think about you at all is is the key to where it's at because that's just their experience and their transference and it's their stuff to deal with. You know, you've got to be your true self as long as it's not hurting or harming anybody in any any particular way deliberately, you know. You learn how to do it eventually. And I think with age and wisdom, actually, mm-hmm. it becomes much easier. However, I think if you have that in mind, that always strive to learn as much about yourself as you can so that you know yourself. Accepting and allowing are two of my favourite words. <laughs> Allow yourself to become yourself. Mm. Uh, develop faith, a faith right in the middle of you that goes i'm I'm enough and i'm okay and whatever happens i'll be okay absolutely learning as much about yourself as possible you develop without thinking about it a faith that as long as you're doing what you're supposed to be doing you're all right Mm -hmm. it's you deviate from that that it becomes not all right so um i would say point one is deal with what's in front of you bottom line Point number two, (laughs) and this is harsh, but I'm going to say it. Uh, Four hours a day, kids, like everybody else. Oh, you got, yeah, 24, it it blipped them, but 24 hours a day, absolutely. We've all got got the same amount of hours in the day. And also, you don't know how much time you've got left on the planet to make an impact. Mm -hmm. Nobody does deal with it absolutely no i totally agree with you and i'm all for living life in the moment and being in the now you can learn from the past you can have plans for the future but it's about living in the present and really as you say doing what you can do to make a difference and and accepting all the things that are there and dealing with the cards that are on the table which was a a line my dad um, bless him gave me years ago it's like you, you just got to deal with the cards you've got at any one given time you can't sort of plan what you're going to what card you're going to get next but you can deal with what you've got there in front of you from that number three is work out what your non-negotiables are for your health and your own health and deal with those first and backfill your day with the other stuff it sounds simple doesn't it and we all know this probably, but I'm hoping that by listening into this and maybe making notes of the points, that it's something that you'll reconsider knowing what your non-negotiables are for your own health and well-being. Mm-hmm. And then number four is care less about things that matter less because you haven't got 
the energy or the wherewithal to care about everything. Nobody has. No, on the back of that, I was having a conversation with somebody about sort of learning. Because, I mean, you know, I've spent a lot of last year sort of learning new stuff. But, you know, we could, you, you can't fill your head with everything. <laughs> You've just got to go with what's right for you and discard the rest because we're all unique individuals aren't we but as you say it's about I love all the bits that you've already said about understanding yourself because I think more people spend time focusing on the specking out of a car or a handbag or a holiday than they ever do on reflecting and doing the inner work which is where the power is at is doing the inner work on yourself I would say the other thing to do with that point about caring less about the things that matter less is refrain from taking responsibility for other people's happiness and concentrate on your own absolutely back to handbags yeah if you want the handbag fine but is it just to prove a point to somebody else looking in Mm. or a such and such or you've got this sort of money or a taste or what have you or is it for you it's about what makes you happy and that happiness comes from within and it doesn't come from material possessions i mean i like and i love and i'm a bit of a magpie for beautiful silver jewelry i don't necessarily wear it all of the time but i but, you know, it gives me pleasure. I don't buy it for anybody else's pleasure no. apart from, oh, a lovely shiny object and it makes me happy to look at it. You know, it brings happiness. Concentrate on your own happiness and mm-hmm. don't feel responsible for anybody else's. Number five, mm-hmm. our projects first and goals second. Don't get hung up on goals because, again, by and large, people make them with other people's expectations in mind. Now, if you think about things, what you want to achieve and what your aspirations are, and you, if you think about projects which are long-term mm. lifestyle things, how you go about things, basically. How am I going to go about my life to make it work for me? And then you can hang your goals off that, but don't do it the other way round mm. because you won't steer your ship the right the right way. And we need to take it back to it's about developing faith in yourself, not trying to be perfect, having a laugh, learning to be yourself. That's that's the first. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what you're talking about is that bigger picture, isn't it? You can have sort of goals within that bigger picture, but you need that bigger picture first. It's not about having a goal and going, oh, I'll be happy when I've achieved that. It's about that lifestyle. It's about how you want to live your life and what you want to achieve whilst you're living it and those sort of bits along the way are those sort of goals that we can we can set which are I always like to say movable the parameters where our behavior isn't set in stone we can always change our behavior and all the stuff that you said that sounded simple it is simple in its simplistic form and it's always about for me keeping it super simple but sometimes it's the effort that goes into it's the hard work it can become effortless if it's if you assimilate the way that you want to show up in the world Mm -hmm. If you can assimilate everything you do into, yeah, but how do I want to show up? How does that work? Does any of this not fit? And if it doesn't fit, then it ain't happening. So how do I how do I want to show up in the world? You came into the world by yourself and you will leave it alone. Sad fact. <laughs> I love that cheery note. <laughs> but no, it's true. It's the one thing we've got in common, isn't it? All of us. But let's accept that and go, okay. So this is about me then. It's not about anybody else. How do I want to show up with the time I've got left on the planet? And if I'm not showing up as me, then um, I better start. Otherwise, I'm wasting my time. Accept what you can't change. Deal with it. Change what you can. Modify your attitude accordingly. But yeah, 
it is all about how you show up. Do you know what? That, all those that you've just said remind me of my eight mindset, which is that acceptance, perspective and energy. So accept, as you've just said, what you can and you can't change, shift your perspective and channel your energy accordingly. It's, it's, it's quite, it is simple, but you've got to put the work in to make it happen. But as you say, if you have that change of mindset and set that intention, that consistent approach brings about the, the change that you desire. You won't get it right all the time, but just keep in mind, how am I showing up? Mm-hmm. Is it me? By the way, we do change over time and that's absolutely fine. Your personality can change over time because your life has an impact on it. And, the, you know, that's fine. But remember how, to, how, how you want to show up and modify your attitude. Point number seven I've got here is headspace. It can be higher up the pecking order than that, actually, but it's just how it, this came out of my bio. <laughs> yes, how it channeled on your yeah. bio at the time. Oh, on that one, on that one, on that one. <laughs> I, I used biro and paper. Look, kids, I've got... This is paper. Well, hey, Liz is holding up a real piece of paper. Yeah. And where's the biro, though, Liz? It's a Bic. Oh, it's a um, Bic biro. It's an orange one. For the for the, for the the listeners, it's an orange biro. Just diverting for a minute. You know what brings you happy? I love, actually, I love paper and I love writing and I've got a really beautiful fountain pen with purple ink and I've just ordered some fresh purple ink and that gives me pleasure actually writing there with an go. ink pen, with a fountain pen. It's these yeah. little things... I don't want all the... I mean, yes, we've got computers, and but there's, there's room for everything. But writing and being creative is lovely. So, sorry, back to your beautiful list, Liz. Yes, back to point number seven. Champion and make space for time to think and learn how to just be. Mm. And if you've forgotten what that's like, I'm going to tell you my favourite just being thing. I can sit in my armchair, which I've got looking over. uh, I I rather grandly call it my woodland garden. It isn't. It's my front drive. (laughs) (laughs) Just so surrounded by other people's trees that have got posh gardens. And I (laughs) call it my woodland garden because I can sit out sitting and look out onto just activity that is going to go on whether I'm there or not and it gives me a sense of place and it allows me to just be and I can do my thing and look out there and the birds are doing theirs and it's just a sort of a natural stasis and they're just doing what they need to do to survive which is eat the very expensive bird food (laughs) (laughs) but it's that just being isn't it it's just allowing yourself to be and that was something I'd posted on social media back in I think November I might have even been October time but it was and somebody made a comment about less doing and more being and it is so important you know it's just to spend that time in solitude and like you when you can just look out at the garden and it's med- it's so meditative and it's so important to to have that um have that time that space of time to think because if you don't you'll never know who you are and if you don't know who you are how the hell can you actually learn how to self actualize and become more of yourself i would also say that mindless meditation's fine mm. just be mindful at all i'm really crap at mindful meditation because my mind goes wandering so find yourself something that you can do where you can just fritter away a bit of time with your brain in neutral basically it's giving yourself permission to have those breaks to to stop to to just be to reset you know we can't keep on going full 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 pace ad infinitum we're not meant to we were put on the planet I think for 
other reasons and I think we if we get carried away in our own self-importance sometimes that's when we forget to just go do you know what I can stop for a minute yeah uh, and it's 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 vital and so many things get missed by people that have got this focus that is straight ahead of them right, i've got to do this i've got to do that i've got to do the other no stop breathe lift your head up and your peripheral vision will expand and the stuff the important stuff life will be occurring at the at the periphery yeah I- and that what you miss if you never switch off you will miss life i can't remember who it is that's quoted as saying this i, I ought to recognize it but if you haven't got time to meditate you need to find t- twice as much time to meditate so if you haven't got time for a 20 minute fat skive you need to have four 20 minute fat skives because it gives you a complete reframe yes eight i've got do have or eat or drink a bit of what you fancy in moderation mm. Number nine is learn the joy of discipline. Oh, yes, mistress. (laughs) The joy of discipline is to do with um, creating drills that you learn that make your life better and make you better at stuff that you do so that when stuff becomes easy because you drill it and you have the discipline to do it every day or uh, however often it needs to be done it becomes second nature and also can become a a meditative experience that you don't really overly have to think about but b it helps you accomplish the sort of the standard things in your life that you are in your non-negotiables basket Mm -hmm. so let your non-negotiables become a drill and learn to have to have the discipline, develop the discipline to make sure that that happens so that it becomes a slick thing yeah. that is part of you. It's that consistent approach, isn't it? And it's getting into that rhythm, that pattern, that behaviour. So as you say, you then don't have to think about it because it gets slotted so much into your subconscious, into your patterning and your behaviour. A bit like when you get in a car and you start to drive it. Because you've had all those driving lessons, you know which gears to change. You're not thinking about what you're doing. It all the time because you, it's integrated into you as an automatic function. That's the drill. Marvellous. Setting your own boundaries uh, is one that I talk about a hell of a lot as a coach. But actually, <laughs> what does it mean? All it means is consider and keep on considering how am I showing up and and as such, what do I say no to and what do I say yes to? Yes. What do I accept and what do I not accept? When you set your boundaries and you decide that you're not going to accept such and such, but you are going to do such and such, these boundaries will quite often be breached unless you are quite firm with them. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a process that you have to learn. So just because you've set a boundary and it's been breached, don't automatically assume that you set the wrong boundary for yourself. Just as- accept that it's going to take a bit of practice to enforce it. Absolutely, because we're just human, aren't we? And it's it's all about trial and error and what works and what doesn't work. And you know what, we do want to please people. We do want to be part of the gang, and we don't want to piss people off uh, unnecessarily. But then again, we do want to live by our own standards and values. So if you're having trouble with people rolling, you know, breaching your your boundaries, then that you have to learn how to erect your boundaries so that they can stay intact and then you have to learn how to protect them and there are it takes practice it is a process yeah and it's only you that can you can change it's you can't change other people if things aren't right in your world it you have to look to yourself and how you change 
those boundaries that you've referred to and how your behaviour is around other people to generate different results, which is how you actually either react to them or how you respond to them or how you how you let them impact you and understand that anything that might be, un- it may be something you do need to shift to change or it may be just their stuff that you don't need to listen to. Actually, it ties in with my next point, number 11. Learn how to communicate your boundaries and live by them. And you've got to be firm but gentle. Communication is twice as much about listening and observing as it is about um saying what you know you're part of it quite often uh because your part in that equation is made much easier and much more effective if you've listened and observed so that you know what you're dealing with learn how to communicate what those boundaries are and live by them and then point number 12 12 is to find joy in the silly little piffling things and amuse, uh, amuse yourself. Oh, absolutely. Yes, you've got to. I think it's about channeling your inner child and doing things that just make you joyous and make you have fun and just doesn't matter. I mean, It's about my drum kit there. Liz has got a rather fabulous drum kit behind her, which, is, uh, which she uh, works out on on a regular basis. I do. In fact, I think I should probably be having a lesson now, but my drum teacher's still in France, so that's not going to happen. She's got an awesome drum teacher as well, haven't you? I have, yeah. He's an he's a rock star, isn't he? A rock star yeah. drums teacher. He used to play with Reef. It is hard to play the drums. I, I my ex husband was a drummer in a band. Um, I think he still is actually, but. Uh, I remember having had lessons with him and that whole coordination of your, your feet doing one thing and your arms and hands doing it. It's just like, no, <laughs> it's just like, very difficult, but... Very, very good for your head. Yes, so that coordination keeps the old grey matter working, Liz. And the drill, the drill, the drum drill. Yeah, yes. Drilling. It's what I was going back to before is that get get the stuff under your belt so that it no longer feels like it's hard work. And we've got 13, 14 and 15 to go, I believe. We've got a few more than that. We've got 20, but I'll rattle... <laughs> Let's rattle through them then. <laughs> Liz is, I think this is actually a whole a whole series, actually, we could create on Liz's um, top t- top 20 tips for happiness. We could explore each particular, each particular one in depth, I believe. <laughs> but you're going to have to just shush while I whiz through these. All right, then, I shall be quiet. I shall be quiet. Right. Okay. <laughs> So, number 13, learn how to access and deploy your muck it, that'll do button. But if you if you can say to yourself, oh, that'll do, that will do, it doesn't have to be perfect. It is a game changer. I know this because I have clients that absolutely have revolutionised. They do things because they have realised that you don't have to do things to the nth degree to make a good job of what you're doing and really what you need to think about is what is required of me for this job do I have to be perfect and the answer is pretty much always no you don't no and what is perfection after all anyway well and I, the perfection as we know is in the imperfection which you introduced me to with the um, the beauty of the Japanese art of kintsugi this leads on to my next point, number 14, yeah. is Marvelous. act your own imperfection and celebrate your uniqueness and revel in it. Your imperfections is what other people find attractive and intriguing about you. You know what? We don't love people for their perfections. We love them for their imperfections. Let's just not get hung up about being perfect. Exactly. Number 15, get help with the stuff you struggle with. Again, back to my point, everybody struggles with something. Do you know what? If we didn't struggle with anything, we wouldn't have friends. We wouldn't need anybody. There wouldn't be an economy. The world wouldn't Mm -hmm. 
now because we wouldn't need each other. We'd just be little islands doing our own little thing and that doesn't work, does it? No, and do you know what? That's a really, really good point and I'm going to quickly interject here because we know we are all unique and we've all got our special talents and and it's about how we collaborate and pull together as a whole and not expect everybody to be a replica of ourselves because who wants a replica of ourselves? I'm sure the world wouldn't want another one of me particularly. (laughs) And then my next point actually leads on from that, which is let others shine and lift them up. Mm, absolutely and that's what I love doing that's that's the bit that I absolutely adore doing myself it's really really important but it all it's all part of the same point in a way but it's very very important to remember that be kind and generous in areas where it really matters to you and you can do so much good at little cost to yourself by just making considerations towards those less fortunate than yourself Mm -hmm. that's my point number 17 so go help Go and use talents which maybe you feel are either underused or, you know, you really enjoy giving. Go and give a little bit. It does wonders for the planet and it does wonders for your own self-esteem and your feeling of belonging. And it- Yes, I've started to volunteer at the park run, which is great. And it does. It's, it's a really good feeling, a really good vibe. Yeah, it helps the world go around. Number 18 is literally... It was easy, really. It's be thankful and appreciate everything. And we always say, oh, you know, gratitude is an attitude and all the rest of it. But it's true. So make a note of the stuff that you are thankful for. Make it a long note because hopefully there's lots and lots of good stuff in there. And break it down to the tiniest of things because it's, you know, at the end of the the end of your life, it's never the big things that will have mattered. It's the little things. It's the, Absolutely. All the difference. Number 19 is learn how to reframe the negative into positive lessons. Massive. Game changer. What, absolutely. What I do as a coach all the time. It's powerful, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Into a positive lesson. Number 20, just to finish off, is congratulate yourself on your achievements, however small or commonplace. Because again... We're not going to get to the end of the, our lives and, and, and just think about it in the, our greatest achievements because our greatest achievements happen in the smallest of moments. Liz, what amazing wisdom. Thank you. That has just been absolutely awesome. I think it's great. Oh, you know, you circumnavigated a lot of the, the other questions I was going to ask with all that sort of rich texture. And I'm sure the sort of the listeners, there's so much in there for them to sort of get their teeth into. And I think this, you know, this episode ought to be sort of re, re, re-listened to time and time again, because there is so much value and wisdom and stuff to be learned from all that you've just shared in those top 20 tips like I said and joked but you know there's there's a a whole book episode uh, there's so much that could be expanded upon with each of those points in themselves because there's so much richness to that texture that you shared I'll always love talking to Liz (laughs) it's even better when I when I'm actually um, recording it as well because that's what I love about this is that I can share that wisdom that people my guests have with the world and you know there's people listening globally that it's ah it's just it's just awesome that's what it's about isn't it isn't that what life's about about helping and sharing and encouraging people to have a better and happier it's about knowing how to show up absolutely and you show up awesomely Liz every time and um we didn't have any real of your new loosen your knicker elastic isms yeah well I forgot that one yeah this is point number 21 when all is said and done just loosen your knicker elastic
not worrying about it. Thank you so much, Liz. It's been absolutely awesome, as always, and a real pleasure. So how do people get in touch with you oh. if they actually want to have a bit more Liz in if their life? If anybody <laughs> that feels that they might need a little bit more Liz in their life, please get in touch with me on uh, my website, via my website. That's the best way, uh, which is lizabram.co.uk. Uh, you also might want to have a look at Brazilliant, which is a mixture of resilient and brilliant, .co.uk, Brazilliant. Also, if you want to have a look at Instagram, I'm just Liz Abram on Instagram. Thank you so much, Liz, again. And thank you for tuning in and listening. So if you've really enjoyed this episode, please do rate, review and sort of follow, subscribe, whatever you can do on your platform um, to be alerted of the episodes to come and to access the episodes that have been before because there's a lot on there and some absolutely fabulous content. So thank you so much again, Liz, and thank you all for listening. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Harnessing Happiness podcast with Sarah J. Naylor. If you took value from the content, please follow the show on your podcast app. And to find out more about Sarah's ape mindset, visit sarahjnaylor.com. That's sarahjnaylor.com.